Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Automotive Insiders presented by OESA. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Very happy to be here with Jeffrey A. May, attorney at Kerr Russell, and he told me I could call him Jeff. Jeff, we have an interesting topic. We're going to talk about data privacy, cybersecurity relating to automotive suppliers. And it would be, please, wonderful if you would introduce yourself to our audience so they know a little bit about your background. I know you have a very eclectic background. So why don't you give us a couple of high points of where you've been before you got into the law? Jeff, welcome. Oh, thanks, Bonnie. I'm happy to be here. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I spent, uh, law is a second career for me. I spent a few years between undergrad and going to law school. Uh, I ran an advertising agency for a few years, a golf marketing company with a partner. Um, you know, a bunch of different things I did, small businesses generally in the metro Detroit area. Um, you know, around 2008, decided, you know, I'm going to give this legal thing a shot. I went to law school, fell in love with it, you know, found out this is where I was supposed to be. Um, you know, my background in technology from before that, it was kind of a natural transition. So, you know, I came to Kerr Russell about oh, four and a half years ago now, um, spent the last few years building our data privacy and cybersecurity practice, and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I absolutely love it. I'm happy to hear that. We like to hear people are happy with the roles they've selected. I'm on my seventh career, and I finally found my nirvana, which is talking to smart people like you on radio. And this this is where I want to be. So very, very happy to meet you. Jeff, this is such an important topic. Uh, I know it has much bigger implications than just the automotive industry. But since we're on OESA Automotive Insiders, that's what we're going to use for our context today. So let me just lay this out. Automotive suppliers are subject to data protection laws. I hope they know that. Please help us differentiate between data privacy and cybersecurity. I'm not sure I know the difference. And why does the difference matter? Jeff, talk to me. Sure. Uh, So first, to your point, obviously, suppliers are subject to data privacy laws, Um, whether that's laws in the United States or overseas. You know, one of the things people don't often catch on to is the idea that unlike other laws, where you're located as a business isn't necessarily controlling. You know, you could be a Michigan company with employees or customers in the EU, and then you're subject to EU data protection laws, which, to be honest, are much more strict than they are here in the U.S. Um, But this idea of data privacy versus cybersecurity, let me start with a question for you. If I were to ask you, what do you think of when I say data privacy? Now, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I think of nobody being able to hack into anything I'm doing digitally and quote unquote, steal, borrow, or peek at my critical information, like where I live, my social security number, my bank account numbers, my passwords. That's what I think of. Sure. Exactly. And that's what most people think of when they think data privacy. Now, what if I said, what am I talking about when I say data security? Somebody who has my data, making sure that it doesn't get hacked or stolen from their repository, wherever they're keeping the data. So basically the same types of things, right? Hackers, you know, theft, the, yep. the issues that are hot button topics in the news. Mm-hmm. So the, this, this is an often overlooked distinction. And it's an important one. When we're talking about data security, we're talking about protecting information. When we're talking about data privacy, we're talking about the collection and proper use of that information. 
So let me give you an example. Let's say a, you know, an automotive supplier collects human resources data on its, on its employees. Mm-hmm. You've got names, addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, maybe bank account information, things like that. When we talk about data security, we're talking about protecting that information from being stolen from outside bad actors, somebody hacking into the system or you know, putting malware on the system or ransomware, things like that, that, that harm that information or steal it. When we're talking about data privacy, we're talking about the company itself using that information properly in the way it was supposed to be used. So if that company, if they have the information and they decide for some reason to sell it to a third party or to use it for marketing purposes, that's an improper use of information. It's an invasion of that person's right to the privacy in that information. There was no hacking involved. There's no security issues, but the information's being used improperly. And that's the distinction we have to draw. Uh, fascinating. I have a question for you. Is data security synonymous with cybersecurity? In general, it would be, at least in common parlance. So keeping things secure, securing data, cybersecurity would all fall under one umbrella. Thank you. So a breach is different from a misuse of data. A breach meaning somebody, bad actor outside, takes something that doesn't belong to them versus a company, as you said, selling our information. Fascinating. Now, Jeff, we're in, in the pandemic. I don't know what part of the pandemic we're in, but we've been under pandemic era environment since February or March of 2020. And it's now you and I are speaking at the end of October, 2020. So we're now going to segue our conversation to the question of employee and customer health data, contact data, contact tracing, which has so many implications and is scary for a lot of people and location data. Where is our data in terms of what the automotive suppliers are collecting? What are they doing with it? Talk to me. Well, you know, that's a great question in terms of what are they doing with it, where I can dive in a little bit is what should we be doing with it and (laughs) what types of things can we watch out for? I mean, you think about the types of data that we used to collect. Like I said, you've got HR data, you've got name, address, email. That's pretty standard. You think about customer information. What types of information do they give you when they come in the door? And and keep in mind, when we're talking about data, it's not necessarily just things that are submitted online. If somebody comes in and fills out a paper form, there's still obligations related to securing that data, whether it's in hard copy or soft copy. But now under the pandemic in this new environment, now we're talking about an employee coming into work. Maybe you do a temperature scan. Maybe you have them fill out some sort of contract contact tracing information before they come to the office. You know, I know a lot of people are using apps where, you know, before you come to work that day, you have to fill out certain information. Have you, you know, have you received a negative or a positive test recently? Have you traveled outside the state? Have you traveled outside the country? Um, have, you, have you had these symptoms? Think about the, the privacy involved there and those sensitive pieces of information and what you're handing over willingly to not only your company, but whoever the third party is that's providing that service. And one of the things that most companies have to start considering, some have, some haven't, but just absolutely have to start considering is the, the security implications and the use implications of that information. Um, a great example, the, uh, one of the states in the Midwest, I want to say it was North Dakota, um, had a, a company that they hired to develop their contact tracing app. And it's the same type of company that might develop the app for, say, a, a supplier who's got employees coming in. So same type of idea. But this, this state had them develop a contact tracing app and the, 
information that was being included, including locations that people were visiting, was being shared with Foursquare, a social media provider. And it, so there was no security issue. This wasn't a problem with somebody hacking mm -hmm. into that data, but people that were subscribing to this state contact tracing app had their location information being shared with a social media provider. And it sitting down and reviewing those contracts, understanding, reviewing those privacy policies and understanding where this information is being shared and where it's going is absolutely critical. Understanding that if I hire a third party to trace my employees' contact location, the contact and location information, their health information, making sure that 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 provider is secure, that they have the right controls in place, and that they're following data privacy regulations is something that everybody needs to be concerned with today. Jeff, you know, there's a phrase when you watch movies, rom-coms, and people say, well, what's wrong with your relationship, Mary? And she says, it's complicated. Right. Well, our relationship with our own data, with the companies to whom we willingly or not so willingly give the data. It is complicated. It sounds to me like there are nuances, there are ins and outs of, of the ownership, of the permissions. You know, people try to say, I'm not going to be on Facebook. I'm not going to be on LinkedIn. I'm not going to have a computer. I'm not going to have a smartphone, the dear era of the, the flip phone. And they're in a way, they're in denial that their information is out there somewhere. Am I right? You are, but I'll tell you, consumers are getting a lot smarter. And um, we ah. talk about we talk about these data privacy regulations, and a lot of clients come to us and say, "Well, what do I have to do? What do I have to comply with? What's the minimum I'm required to do?" And there was a uh, study recently that actually said 90% of Americans would switch service providers to another provider if they felt that new provider treated their personal information more importantly. So wow. this idea that consumers are just going to blindly follow where they have in the past and not care about their private information, that's changing. Um, and everybody needs to consider that. That's the good news. I like that. We, we need good news right now. Now I have a question for you. Uh, one more question. Let's look at the, your thoughts about maintaining privacy compliance obligations for employers. We've been talking about it, but let's talk about remote working, cross-border data transfers. And if my car goes from, I used to be, I'm, I'm a New Yorker actually, but I'm here in Durham, North Carolina now for a couple of years. If my car goes across the George Washington Bridge into New Jersey, and I'm speaking on, on a, a speaker phone connected through Wi-Fi, Bluetooth in my dashboard in the car. And I go across state lines, literally and figuratively. Is there any issue of, of where that, who owns that? What, what state am I in? Are we talking that kind of cross-border transfer? Jeff, enlighten oh, me, please. <laughs> Thankfully, we're not. Thankfully, we're not talking about <laughs> state to state. Um, we haven't gotten that separated yet in this country. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where things go. But right now, those borders are still safe. Um, when we talk about cross-border data transfer, we're generally talking about international borders. Um, in particular, right now, one of the hot-button issues is transfers of EU citizen data to the U.S. or to other countries. And again, it's because the EU has such strict privacy laws. Um, but a great example of where it can come into play today is um, if you've got, again, let's say HR data, for example, or client data on a server in, say, Germany, um, and it's at your home office in Germany but you've got an employee working from home here in Michigan that needs to access that HR data. Accessing that data, when you think about it, not, not in terms of affirmatively sending a file or something like that, mm -hmm. but that HR data is being transferred from the server in Germany across international borders 
to that person's home computer in Michigan. That may impact some UE data privacy laws, and there could be some big issues there. Of course, it's case by case. I have to be an attorney and say there's no broad scope that's (laughs) going to cover everything. But on a case by case basis, those things are important. And at a minimum, they should be considered. Now, working from home obviously opens up a whole other can of worms. Um, You're talking about the security of home networks. And I think the biggest takeaway for people to think about today is you may have security controls in place at your office that already consider some of these data privacy issues. They already consider how this information should be accessed, making, for example, making sure it's encrypted, uh, making sure that the people who view it are the ones who are supposed to be viewing it. But as soon as you move outside that closed and protective environment to work at home, a lot of people don't think about the privacy implications. I mean, if you're working in a home office and there's an Alexa in your room because you want to have the convenience, it's listening. And there may be some implications there, either ethically or legally, about having that conversation or even having a phone call with somebody about that information while that's listening in your room. And people need to think about that. And what about shared computers? Kids are home. Right, you might have yep. some some uh, let's say um, computer prolific teens in the house who, who who hey mom's computer's still on or dad's computer is still on and and I want to use it here and and opening up the opportunity for data peaking data theft for information to be given to the wrong people or being able to the wrong people to access it. Let's put it that way. Very, very complicated. I'm going to wrap up with you, Jeff. I wish we had hours to talk because this is a fascinating topic. And we both know, and our audience knows, it goes way beyond automotive suppliers. Absolutely. The the information you've been sharing is enlightening for anybody anywhere who has any relationship with a company, whether you work for them or not, the data we share, the data that is accessible, who owns it, who protects it, is somebody looking out for us? Are we looking out for ourselves? Very interesting. Um, why don't you give us a, a closing statement on what we need to do as, let's say, in the context of automotive, as automotive customers or people in the field, in the industry? What, what's, a, what's a protection statement you would like us to have as we leave? I think, without a doubt, the most important thing is understanding what data you have. Um, it's amazing to me how many clients I speak with that when you ask that question, they don't really know the answer. Somebody in IT might have the answer, um, but that's going to be a very, very technical view of it. Companies really need to understand why they're collecting data, what data they're collecting, how they're using it, and where it's going to go. And if you don't understand that data map, you can't understand what laws and regulations govern you. So that's step one. And if I'm going to have any takeaway, that would be it. Take a look at the data, understand what you have, and then talk to your attorneys and try to understand what your obligations are. Jeff May, I have learned so much from you. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise. Shout out to Rebecca, who is in the background here. And a shout out, let's say thank you to Adam Slayman at OESA for setting up this time together. And Jeff, I'm going to wish you well. And I hope your data and my data stay even safer now that we know what we're supposed to do about it. Why don't we say goodbye? Let's wave goodbye. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. 
Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association.